really my why it's still tied to my mother of course but it's more of a the female figure and the women in my family are just such inspirations to me because they're such warriors as i call them that when i found the industry that i wanted to be in my why really became about representing mm. females and being able to tell them and show little girls like oh if she can do it i can do it this isn't a man's world i can take over too so my why is to make you know us my fellow girlfriends proud Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident, feel empowered, and challenged through inspiring stories, and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am so excited to finally have our guest today on the show. She's a very special woman. I actually got to meet her and her mom um, at a speaking engagement I did in Miami, which is one of my favorite places to speak because it's such a cool town. And I just connected with her and I was like, you've got to be on the podcast. And we finally have her on. So I think that you are going to be A, impressed by her. Like, I think she's a great role model. And I think she's also going to give you really tactical practical advice in your business and doing business in today's day and age. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She's got a beautiful name that I'm going to try not to butcher. And then we're going to shorten it because <laughs> this Southern girl who used to be Southern California could have let it roll off her tongue, but we're going to try it. Okay. So here we go. Alejandrina Aguilar. Did I do good? You did wonderful. Hey. <laughs> Founded Stellar IT Solutions in 2016. Since then, her team has been providing professional and innovative IT services and solutions for businesses throughout South Florida. Allie is committed to excellence and goes above and beyond to provide her clients with the top-level support and service that they deserve. Outside of Stellar IT, Allie serves as treasurer for the Women's Chamber of Commerce of Miami-Dade County Board of Directors, and she also sits on the advisory council for the Code Art and the advisory board for Women for Success. So <clears throat> just saying, my girl here is a bombshell, like a bona fide bombshell. She lives the bombshell life. She leads the bombshell life and leads others in it. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, and I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's dive straight in because I, I'm not even going to hint at anything. I just want to tee up your ability to kind of go in the way back machine because I think a lot of times people see somebody be successful and then they're like, oh, it just happened for them like magic poof. And that's not really your story. So can you take us way back and just give us some background of what life was like growing up and how you got to where you are right now? Of course. Um I actually am very proud of my story. It's something I love to share with others. So I'll go back to where I'm from. I'm originally from Mexico. I was born in a town called Toluca. And I was just me, my mom, and my grandmother. And my mom, being the strong fighter that she is, she decided that it was time for her to give us a new opportunity. So she packed her bags and got in a bus by herself and came here to the U.S. in hopes that she could find, you know, an opportunity to eventually bring me here with her. So during that time, me and my grandmother actually had a clown business, an entertainment company. So we did shows and parties for children's uh, festivities. And it was such a humbling experience. 
as a person because I was a child myself. I was five years old when I started working with my grandmother. And some people sometimes hear that and they're like, you were working when you were five? That's impossible. No way. And I'm like, well, look at this beautiful picture. That's yeah. me dressed as a clown. And um, for some people, it sounds like it's a sad thing. And I guess as an adult, you could maybe think of it that way that, you know, it's sad that a child at some point has to work, you know, to maintain themselves with their family member. But that was my life. Yet it was wonderful. You know, I was full of joy and wonder. My grandmother made all the efforts and made sure that I still enjoyed my childhood and that it was magical in and of itself. So that's really where I started learning about even running a business itself, because even though it didn't sound like a business to others, it was a business for us. That's how we maintained ourselves, how we did everything and being able to provide our clients with the best service that they wanted. You know, if they wanted a special show, if they wanted a special piñata, we also made piñatas. We did all kinds of stuff, specific magic trick, little things like that. And it really made me grow up real quick you know so that's kind of where I come from it's a low-income family story then fast forward six years later my mom was able to finally bring me here to the U.S. and then here I come to a country that I knew nothing about really other than it was the American dream Um, I didn't know the language I had no friends I had nothing I did have the most important thing in the world for me which was my mother And she's such a strong person and seeing all the sacrifices she made, like just the fact that she had to live without me for six years and work here nonstop every day so that I could have the opportunity to come here. It really shapes you as a person. And when I moved here, I remember kind of like doing a little promise to myself, I'm going to make something of this. I'm going to take this Mm -hmm. opportunity and do something (laughs) special with it because My mom didn't just do all that so that I could do nothing for her. So that was my original thought. Like the moment the plane landed and I knew I was moving here, I was terrified, excited, but I had a mission, which was to make my mom proud because she did this just for me. So that's what has really inspired me throughout my entire journey to become an entrepreneur and to own a business and I guess, I don't know, that's a little bit of my background story and where I come from and how I got here today. You know, it was a lot of learning. Well, you were what, 11? Yes. So did you speak fluent English or did you have to learn once you got here? No. So I'll tell you a a funny story of how I learned English because when I moved here, I'm like, okay, I'm in the U.S., but... I was not in the U.S. I was in Miami. Right. Miami, (laughs) there is... The Hispanic culture is just overflowing. Which is why I love it so much. I love (laughs) y'all. Although it was fantastic and like, you know, it it made you feel comfortable, I guess I should say. Yeah. It also was concerning for me because as soon as I started school, I started seventh grade, late middle school, I'll never forget it. I was like, how am I going to learn English if everybody's speaking Spanish? So during lunchtime in the cafeteria, I would look for the blonde girl with the blue eyes. So if you had been in my school, I would have been looking for you. (laughs) And I would grab my little lunch and sit next to them in the same table they were and listen to their conversation and repeat the words as they were saying it. And some of them thought it was cute. Some of them did not think it was cute. They, a lot of times they would make fun of me 
junior has a rough time to try to be fitting in. Yes, but little did they know that actually they're making fun of me is I, I owe them a big thank you because when they would say, ah, ha, ha, she said this wrong, they would say it right. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's how you say it. That's mm-hmm. how you say it. So I would listen to everything they were saying. And I started taking the Saturday Esau classes, which is where you learn more. And I think that's one of my biggest achievements because in three months, the teacher asked me to be the teacher aide for every class. So when I would go after three months, I would be helping her with the students to help them learn. Mm. And now as an adult, I'm like, I don't know how I was able to accomplish mastering a new language in three months. I can communicate effectively. Um, I'm sure there's a lot to learn, but I just think it's fantastic that I was able to accomplish that. But that's how I did it. I would just try to look for the gringo <laughs> or gringa <laughs> in my class and just try to like attach myself to them. And that's how I learned English. So much to unpack there. And I'm <laughs> just fighting back tears. Uh, you know, for those listeners who don't know, I grew up in Southern California. So I had a huge huge people environment of Mexican friends. So that culture is like what I was raised in. And I was the gringa at the parties and everything. (laughs) And we all joked about it. I was like, seriously, the only certain festivity. So it's very comfortable. Plus I'm Sicilian and our cultures are very, very similar. We love food. We love family. We love to be boisterous. We love a party. (laughs) We're the same. You got that right. But then there's so much too. Like, first of all, the fact that you were 11 years old, Had you not had the mental fortitude then, which obviously if you start working at five years old and you move to another country and you live without your mom for six years, like you get tough. But if you didn't have the mental fortitude at 11 years old to say like, I have to do this, you actually would have missed that developmental stage where it's much easier to learn a second language when you're learning things like, you know, the sound of music and the sound of language and all of that, like you were almost out of that space where it would have been the ideal time. So, I mean, just kudos to baby girl, because at 11, you are a baby (laughs) girl still. We didn't feel like it at the time, right? But, and so just that lesson of like, don't put it off. Don't say that you're going to do it later. If 11 year old girl can be like, this is so important to me that I'm going to prioritize it. Whatever's going on in your business, in your life, whatever, like handle it now, learn the skill now, even if you don't need it until the future, If you feel called to learn something, that is your inner knowing telling you, like, this is important, make it happen. The other thing that I want to point out about your story is that you had a really compelling why. You know, you know my story of being a teen mom, and like that was such a compelling thing for me. I wasn't going to let my daughter down. You had the knowledge of how hard your mom worked to move you forward. So, with that in mind, like once you got to a place where things were a little more stable, how did you find your next big why to even like? be among the small percentage of women who own IT companies. I mean, (laughs) I need to find some stats on this, but anecdotally, that's not normal. Like that's not the average, right? Right. It's not, it is a man's world for now because we're going to change that. And really my why it's still tied to my mother, of course, but it's more of the female figure. I was raised with my grandmother and my mom And the women in my family are just such inspirations to me because they're such warriors, as I call them, that when I found the industry that I wanted to be in, my why really became about representing Mm. females and 
being able to tell them and show little girls like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. This isn't a man's world. I can take over too. So my why is to make, you know, us, my fellow girlfriends proud, you know, to make sure that I'm creating the pathway for future generations to be able to follow it it, and not seem like such a difficult place to go in. Yeah. So that's really where my why leads to afterwards. Yeah. So good. So, I mean, okay. So you're a little Mexican girl who's moving to the United States. Granted, you did land in Miami, which is a softer landing, (laughs) but between being a Hispanic child in a new country, not speaking the language, and then also, and I'm kind of just put these two things together, although they're very distinct. And then also emerging as a female leader, Hispanic female leader on top of it, have you dealt with discrimination, whether it's gender or ethnicity or you know cultural background? And if you have, like, how did you process that? Like, I know you're a bad mamma jamma and I'm sure you're like, get that dirt off my shoulder, but I mean, <laughs> it still lands on the inside, right? Yeah. Oh no, of course. So I have dealt with all of that, you know, both being Mexican and being a woman in the industry with being Mexican for me, That one was actually easier to kind of go like this too, because back in Mexico, I was involved in very cultural activities. And I've always been just so proud of my Mexican culture that nothing that anybody has ever said to me regarding my culture has affected me personally. But the way that I handle it is I try to educate them, you know, Mm -hmm. and show them the beautiful sides of my country because I feel like a lot of times the reason why people judge something is because they don't know about it enough right and it's easier to just make fun of something when you don't know it rather than say hmm I actually don't know anything about this culture let me learn a little bit before I go and judge somebody for it so I try to educate people Um, I actually have a, a funny thing that happens to me quite often and it's usually when people ask me where I'm from I'll say oh I'm from Mexico they're like, no way. You don't look Mexican. Oh, oh that's great. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> what do you mean by that? And people usually think I'm just going to accept a compliment. And I'm like, that's actually not a compliment, you know? And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And then usually when I confront them on the spot about why they think it's a positive thing that I don't look Mexican and they don't have an answer, I think it's a little bit of an embarrassing educational moment for them because they have to like, Oh, I don't know why, you know, like, am I supposed to look a certain way? You know, what, why does that a positive thing? So I just try to kind of educate on the moment and I deal with it by just like that. And in terms of being a woman leader, that one has been tougher for me to deal with mostly because on top of being a woman, I'm also younger. Yes. And I, I was going to add gender to it, but I was like, you're already stacking the deck here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's my my Mexican cheeks that I have. <laughs> I attribute to why I look younger. I'm actually uh, about to turn 34. But usually I've been in leadership roles for the last 10, 12 years, and my colleagues are men. And on top of that, they're older than me. So it's more struggling for them to have to like, oh, I have to listen to you. You're my Mm -hmm. boss. You have to tell me what to do. So 
that has been the hardest one to deal with for me because I have sometimes I felt like I can't look so pretty or I oh my god I, yes or I have to look older or I don't want to wear something too tight you know I have to cover up so that was a struggle for me at the beginning but little by little I started to just embracing my power and just reminding myself that no matter what I am who I am and I just need to be my authentic self and whoever is in front of me is going to be able to see through that and then they'll realize that whether I'm Mexican, Chinese, whatever it is, woman, man, I value for who I am inside and that this ultimately is just the body that we're in, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of give myself little reminders that it's okay that I am perfect just the way I am mm -hmm. and to just go in and be me. And usually people around you, when you're authentic with yourself, I feel like they feel like they can be authentic with themselves and they, yes. can be, they really are. And then it just kind of takes off this stress from both ends when you have a welcoming personality and you, you allow people to be who they want to be. It allows you to be who you want to be and it just changes the, the energy. So right. that's how I deal with those things. And I think that's what drew me to you. I mean, there was a room full of women and don't get me wrong. I met all kinds of fantastic women that night, but there was something about you and, and your absolute transparent authenticity that I was just like, I want to know more about this person. And like the way that you were so confident and talking about what it is that you did, but like, it wasn't like arrogant or like you were showboating. You were just very like, this is what I do and here's how it works. And like, I was just like, Oh my gosh. And then I met your mom who I thought she was your friend. <laughs> she's like gorgeous. And, she likes um, to tell people she's my younger sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brittany and I get that sometimes, but I had her when I was 16. So there's a, you know, definitely less of an age span there, but like even both you and your mom, your mom has this very sweet spirit. And I think that that is so I'm glad that you've gotten there as you have gotten older and like, girl, you're not, I mean, you have so like, I'm just, my mind melts thinking about where you're going to go next because it is, it's, it's when you can allow space for somebody else's humanity that that person then suddenly feels safe, which unfortunately in today's day and age is an unusual feeling. And so when you create that safe place, that's, that's a beautiful thing. So, okay. <laughs> wow. So much there. So let's fast forward. Why did you get into IT? What prompted that? So um, I love this question because I love what, what I do and it's always exciting to share it. So I actually studied psychology at FIU, Florida okay. National University here in Miami. And when originally I wanted to become a clinical psychologist, but once I finished my bachelor, I was like, okay. I am too empathetic. I feel too much. And if my patient comes to me and they're crying, I'm going to start crying and it's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I um, graduated, I had this opportunity to manage a big business. And then after that, I went to manage another big business. And I took on like heavy, heavy leadership roles where I was in charge of huge companies. And in that role, I was, of course, you have to manage all departments. And I realized in all of them that the biggest problem that I was dealing with in all these companies that I was helping was with their technology and that it was holding them back from going to their potential. 
And coincidentally, during that time, I also started dating my now partner in business and partner in crime, my husband. <laughs> he was an IT engineer and he's been in the IT world since he was like 13 years old. And he was working for an IT company, but he was like, super unhappy. The management just he he didn't feel like they were doing the best for their clients and he didn't have the power to make decisions in that company. He was just the engineer. So one day I decided, you know, I made a, a business plan and I said, okay, I think I know exactly what the IT world needs. And um, it's a woman. We need a woman in charge. I'm like, because the reason why clients are not happy with their IT is because somebody's not managing that company right. And the reason the engineers are not happy is because of the same thing. I'm like, this is a woman needs to be in charge of all of this. So I came up with a business plan. I had toyed around the idea with my partner and he was like, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. You know, kind of like something you, you dream about, but you don't really get to. So one day I just went online. I registered the company. I got my EIN. Um, I already had a business plan. I had an operating agreement prepared. So I showed up at the house and I offered him a job. <laughs> uh, I love you so much. <laughs> he was shocked to say the least, but also very excited. And needless to say, he took the job. <laughs> and that's when Stellar IT was established. Wow. And I haven't looked back since then. So that's how I got into the IT world. <laughs> so great. I love that. You're like, hey, you're cute. And also I'll employ you. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes. So, okay. We had we talked about this a little bit prior to recording, but prior to COVID, and it's even in my book, The Bombshell Businesswoman, I joked that I taught Wilma Flintstone how to do business in a Jane Jetson world because it was like this phobia around anything techie, like beyond email or surfing Facebook, like that is beyond my capacity. That's technology to people. And then COVID happened and it was like, buckle up, buttercup. This is the way the world's going. And everyone had to learn how to use Zoom and learn how to like do integrations and things like that. And and the the scary part is you know, security and, and how many people are trying to target small businesses because every little dollar they can steal is good for them. Like they're not just targeting big businesses anymore. So you have almost like a punch list of things that a small business owner, or really, I guess any business that they need to keep in mind, right. From an IT yes. perspective. So like, what are some of those big things that we need to be aware of? Right. So, and this is something that it is, like you said, part of my punch list, when we visit uh, new clients that call us, this is actually something we look for in their existing environment to see where they are with their security. So for sure, if you have a business, it is crucial for you to have a firewall. You need that network security. You need something blocking traffic and filtering your network. You need a firewall. We recommend SonicWall or Cisco, those are the best ones. You need a business-grade firewall, absolutely. Uh, of course, you need antivirus, malware protection. We recommend Bitdefender. It, I want to call it level three. There's like level one, like McAfee and Norton, Norton and all those. Bitdefender goes a little bit more above and beyond. 
it is a little bit trickier to use. You need a little bit of training to understand how it works and how it filters, but it's a fantastic tool. We have that for all our clients and they love it. Um, and is that like PC and Mac? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can get that. So um, another thing you need, of course, is backups. Uh, we recommend, of course, for you to have two sets of backups. You know, you want cloud storage and you want a local storage. For your cloud solutions, you can go with any, you know, cloud solutions provider. We work with Acronix or Azure, Microsoft Azure. Those are the, the ones that we have all our clients on. They're fantastic. And Acronix, for example, that one getting you back online, if you do have a, some sort of catastrophe, is the fastest solution to get you back on your feet. So you really don't have much downtime. And for local solutions, we recommend getting an as unit and storing all your files there. An as unit? It's called NAS unit. Oh, NAS unit. Yes. Those are the basics, but the crucial thing here is that your IT provider needs to do routine checkups. You know, you need to make sure that you set up alerts on your phone so that if something happens, you immediately go take care of it. You want to test, you want to have a routine test for all your backups to make sure that everything's working. I also always recommend that, you know, some people ignore the updates on their computers or their mm -hmm. phone. Okay, so... Stop doing that. <laughs> Do not ignore the update or the restart. All those are important updates that have security patches. And especially mm -hmm. if it's with your operating system, which is, you know, you, the basics of your computer, all these cyber criminals are targeting devices that are not updated. Mm. So if you're not updating your system, you're making your, yourself vulnerable. So you need to make sure that you update your sonic wall, your firewall, your your devices, everything, everything, everything has to be updated. And if somebody uh -huh. was your client, would you do that for them? Or is that stuff that they have to manually do in your absence? Um, I mean, they wouldn't require a little bit higher knowledge to be able to do all these updates. Uh -huh. So they would probably need uh, someone to consult with them or someone yeah. to sit there and do it for like an hour for them. They could do it, but it's not that easy sometimes because like you said, a lot of clients usually, once they see a pop-up window, it doesn't even matter what they say. They're already scared of it and terrified of it. Uh -huh. So if you are that kind of person, then I would recommend, you know, having an IT consultant at the very least. If you yeah. don't want an IT provider, you can have an IT consultant and they can, you know, guide you navigate through the, through all those updates. Yeah. My guy will call me and be like, can I hop into your system real quick? Something didn't back up last night. Like he's kind of just like, I'm just, if everything magically happens and every once in a while I'll need to manually do something, but he's, um, he's pretty good about that. I, and I personally, I try to treat my business like a fortune 100 company because <laughs> I'm terrified of, you know, I have really, I have very confidential information. I'm a coach. I'm a consultant. Like I have, you know, like that, I take it very seriously. And I, I truly any business should, if you have customer data. Yeah. I your mean, own. the truth is that now everybody carries confidential information. Mm -hmm. If you have a business, yeah. you, you definitely, you're at risk. Uh, mm -hmm. you have any clients, you know, which you want to have lots of them. So right. <laughs> um, staying compliant is also another big one. You know, you want to follow all the, for example, if you're in the health industry, you know, HIPAA, if you're in retail, PCI compliance, you know, make sure you are following everything that your state requires for you to be doing so that 
you're protected. Yeah. Uh, also, you need to have all your settings and your emails, you know, done so that you can they can filter spam for you. There's different ways that you can do that. Um, you can go in your settings and set things up like that. The best email that we recommend for us is Office 365. It's mm -hmm. very professional. It has really good security, really good filtering. And it, it kind of, it's all tied into your account. So it's a lot easier to manage. For companies with big, with a lot of employees, we can't stress enough how important it is for you to have security policies. Mm -hmm. And the rule that we like to go here is the, the principle of the least privilege. So make sure that your employees don't have any admin access, any admin privileges. If they have that, then they can, by mistake, download or click or do something, you know, and what we've noticed is that 95% of the issues we run into that have to do with downloaded viruses or spoofing or phishing, it's human error, you know, and it's not to be mean to your employees and say, I don't trust you. It's to say, let's be aware and let's be educated and let's look out for things, but let's protect ourselves first. Yeah. You know, you got to make sure you protect this. So if you restrict user permissions, that cuts your risk significantly. So that's a recommendation we do. Um, we also have this cool thing that we like to do for companies. It's called phishing campaigns. And we'll basically go into a company and we'll send a fake spoofed email and we'll find out who within the company, you know, actually clicked on it yeah and it's a very eye-opening experience uh -huh. um we've had many times where it's actually the executives that do this it's not even you know like the, the younger savvy people <laughs> yeah it's um it's usually the um, the people on top that tend to make these mistakes but those campaigns raise so much awareness and ultimately the best way for you to protect yourself is to educate yourself, which mm -hmm. is what I always stress. You know, I want, when we go and help our clients, we want to educate them. We want to train them. We want to give them tips on what to look out, you know, what, how to be prepared. Like we just had about two months ago, somebody called us because somebody that wasn't our client called us that they were a victim of wire fraud and they had sent a million dollars out to a cyber criminal and imagine like you don't want to be reactive you know right recovering is harder than protecting 100 percent. so we always encourage you all our clients to just be proactive you know you always you always think it's not going to happen to me but it happens it happens to a lot of people so it's better to be proactive with all your with all your security, especially nowadays, like you said, you have all this confidential information. So um, let me see. Well, we do it with our houses, right? We all have ring yeah. cameras or Arlo's or whatever the security system is. And you have it tied mm -hmm. into Alexa and your, your locks on your doors and, you know, all that stuff, security system. And we take it very seriously when it comes to like, I don't want my TV stolen. And then we get all lackadaisical in our businesses. And it's like, uh, you have a lot to lose there, like bigger than a TV, lots to lose. And so I just, you know, I, I love that you're giving very concrete ways that people can proact. I, I made that note. So anybody who's not a regular watcher on YouTube, we do publish this on YouTube, but then I also take notes 
during it. So I'm not ignoring my guest. I'm like feverishly like catching the good stuff and recovering is harder than protecting is like mic drop. We can end the podcast right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. I always tell our clients we want our goal as their IT provider is to manage and maintain. Yeah. Want to get people away from what it's called a break fix solution. You know, mm-hmm. something breaks and then you fix it. You usually end up spending more money mm-hmm. if you wait till something happens to then do something about it than if you proactively protect yourself and you mm-hmm. maintain your systems. And if you have somebody that you trust with your IT, you know, it allows you to focus on your business. That's right. Use technology the way it's supposed to be. You know, technology is not there to use you. You're there to use technology to help maximize your business, to take it to the next level, you right. know, to get new software, new cool things that can help your business and make you different than your competitors. So we want to make sure that that's the vibe that we have with our clients or anybody that we consult with, you know, like do things ahead of time, protect yourself. We also don't recommend people to use any pirated software. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I, I find this a lot here and I tell them, you know, pirated software is vulnerable to ransomware. Yeah. So, you want to take a risk on losing everything to save a couple hundred bucks, it's not worth it, you know? And most of the software that people use nowadays, the companies offer payment plans and, you know- It's like a monthly subscription, like everything else in life. So there's really no reason why anybody should be using pirated software. Um, Yeah, the main thing is to be aware, you know, Mm -hmm. to use caution when it comes to cybersecurity. Do you help people with their tech stacks? Like, do you help them identify, like, this is the business outcome that I want. Here's how we do business. And then do you ever consult on, like, well, in that case, you need a CRM, you need a payment processor, you need this, you need that. How do you how do you make recommendations there? Well, we depends on the industry. You know, our industries have different uh, needs, and mm-hmm. different software and whatnot. So what we do is we go and we do an evaluation. And then we sit down with you and we ask you, what are your goals with your technology? Because your goal shouldn't be just to be functional. Your goal should be to improve and increase productivity. And we do a lot of research for clients too, and what the best software is, the newest software is for them. So we do a lot of consultations like that too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cause that can be overwhelming. I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. So, you know, I'm like... I'm trying not to be anymore. I've gotten better, but I've always been like the beta testing queen. I'm like, Ooh, what is this? What is this new software? Let's try to break it. And then like, it's fun, but then you end up, you know, you go through a lot of things to get to your final tech stack. And we've been stable for a while now because Amber hasn't changed things up to just play in the sandbox, (laughs) but you know, most people aren't like that. And so any technology is scary, let alone a new one that might have some bugs and things like that, that you just kind of have to be patient with to, to, I mean, like Canva today as an example, which I wouldn't consider that part of my tech stack, maybe, maybe a little bit, it's more of like a design yeah. tool, but I mean, I've been with them since 2013 when they started and I was on their like advisory council um, as a power user back then, as, since then everybody surpassed me, but they just had this huge launch today. It was like a live streamed conference, if you will. It's kind of like a Steve Jobs-esque announcement of all these new cool tools that are in Canva now that it's just like mind boggling. And I just remember thinking like in 2000, it was probably 2014 when they were like, okay, before we roll this out, do you want to beta test the app? And I'm like, heck yeah. And it was like such a pain in the 
you know, it was just like, <laughs> it was, it was not smooth. Like it did the job, but it was not smooth. And there was other apps that were faster. So like, you know, just maybe this is what I'm trying to say. Be open to trying something new. Maybe don't put it in your tech stack, maybe play with it and try to break it on the side and then integrate it. But sometimes software can be real like Canva. Who knew that it would become what it is now? Like I can make videos on there, like crazy trade. Now they're, Oh, this is not a Canva commercial. They are not a sponsor. I just love them. <laughs> I tell all my customers to use them. But um, I guess that's my encouragement is if you're intimidated by something kind of like you, like you're like, all right, well, I, I need to learn English. So I'm going to sit down yeah. next to the blonde blue eyed chick and, uh, <laughs> and learn. And that's what you need to do in your business too. Like absolutely all the time <laughs> to never be afraid to ask questions. And yeah. I know it's hard sometimes for people to get past that being embarrassed about asking yeah i don't know why um i've noticed people sometimes tend to want to pretend that they know everything mm -hmm. and i think it's silly you know i think that that's the beauty of us humans you know you don't know everything you always learn something new and if you are open to it and you allow it and you're not embarrassed and you ask questions you come out on top every always. time always so. And people respect you for asking. People respect that you don't try to act like you're a know-it-all and that you do need to learn. I mean, I just think about everything I've learned about private equity in, in the past you know, handful of years. I, I didn't know hardly anything. And, and I knew that that was becoming a presence in my business world. And that my it really started out with my customers until they started becoming my customers, the firms themselves. And, you know there's a lot to learn. Like I'm not a finance kind of person. I'm a creative and a speaker and all that kind of stuff. But um, just being totally okay with asking what you might consider a stupid question or like, okay, I hear that you're saying that, but can you explain to me how it works? And especially when you're talking about software or hardware or anything like that, if you understand the how, then you will better understand how to use the software. I mean, when it, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, of course. And ultimately, chances are that the person you're asking is more than happy to explain it to you in detail, you know, yeah. because sometimes I feel like you don't want to ask because you don't want to bother the person or whatnot. But if you mm -hmm. are sitting with an expert, and you're having a consultation or whatnot, or you're wanting to learn to implement something into your business, that is the time to ask all the questions and to right. really get all the information. Right. 100%. Well, man, we have been all around the world and back. <laughs> Such a good episode. So many, so many good takeaways from just like your own, you know, bombshellness and, and the, the bravery and the tenacity, the grit that you develop. Like, you know, that being a clown at five years old is totally part of what sets you up for what you're doing today, as you said. And I just, you know, I've found too, with my story of being a teen mom, when we tell those stories, that makes other people that might have grown up in, you know, tricky circumstances or, you know, made decisions like me that made some big impacts in their life. It, it like makes it okay to still be successful. <laughs> like if anything, it's like, that's why I am successful. Um, so never discount that backstory. So 
I ask every single guest this question and I can't wait to hear your answer. Um, it can be anything. It could be about what it is that you do for a living or theoretical or anything, but what is that parting piece of advice that you would give a bombshell, a bold, brave, and waveringly confident woman in business? I would definitely say believe in yourself. Hmm. I think that is the main thing. You know, you you live with yourself, you talk with yourself every day. I think the relationship with yourself is usually the most important one you have. And believe in yourself. Don't wait around for somebody else to believe in you. Hmm. You are enough. You have value. You can accomplish anything that you set your mind to anything at all so believe in yourself and then slowly but surely you will see everybody around you starting to see you shining and then believing in you as well and supporting you through your journey so just believe in yourself and don't give up I love it yeah well if anybody can prove that not giving up gets you somewhere it's Allie. So <laughs> let's share how we can find you on the interwebs. You can go to stellarit.net. You can find her on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and also you can find the company Stellar IT Solutions Miami on LinkedIn. All of those will be in the show notes. So just go to amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S. Look for her episode and you can get anywhere you you want to. And of course, you know, if you found this on social media or whatever, you can just click right through to her on any of her channels that we've tagged her in. Allie, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm, I can't wait to become a client of yours myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I just appreciate you very much. No, thank you so much. It was really such, so lovely to meet you in person and fast forward to now getting to know each other better one-to-one. I look forward to welcoming you after your move and taking you out on a date so we can get even closer and learn more (laughs) about each other. Uh, But thank you so much. I support everything you do. And of course, Stellar IT family is here for you. Anything you need. Absolutely. Back at you, sis. (laughs) This is what the bombshell experience is about. It's about those bold women, those get it done women, those I am powerful and I am focused on business. Not that we don't have amazing families and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you heard the the theme of family woven all throughout Allie's story and experience, but it is about holding each other up and finding those like-minded people that are going to walk alongside you on your journey so that you can have those remarkable experiences and have the impact that you're designed to have on, on this planet while you're short time is here. So with that, thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review that really, 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 really helps us reach more women. And that is part of that bombshell experience as well. So share this with somebody who maybe needs a little nudge or a little bit of love in the IT department. And um, otherwise (laughs) we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out thebombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.